And he asked me to take a walk with him. He didn't say anything for the longest time. And then he turned to me and he said, Woodman, we need each other. Words and music. And he crossed his fingers, showing how they go together. Remember, words and music. Welcome to the first episode of the Words and Music podcast, the inaugural episode. And in studio with me tonight, I am honored to have Mr. Wayne Berry. (laughs) Thank you. Literally the inspiration behind this podcast. Oh, boy. (laughs) No pressure. (laughs) None whatsoever. So a little background story. A couple of weeks ago, you guys were playing at Park Lane Tavern. You were playing with Big Rob here in Fredericksburg, Virginia, and you sat down with me during a break and you started to talk. I'm not even sure what sparked the memory, but you started to tell this amazing story about meeting Janice Joplin. And the story had me so enamored. I was like, this is the greatest story ever. What a cool story. And I thought about it on the way home. I thought, you know, there are so many of those stories out there. You guys that have been doing music for as long as you have, and we'll we'll get into your, your musical history here in just a minute, but those stories, I feel like, they need to be told. That's cool. I think that's cool. I, I don't know how good they are, but you know. <laughs> well, let's give it a shot. What do you say? Okay, let's do it. All right, Wayne Barry, why don't you tell us the first moment you fell in love with music? Do you remember? I, I do. I remember uh, my sister had a bunch of 45s. Okay. And I would sneak in my living room that we used to call the dead room because my mom would never let me in there. <laughs> <laughs> if you went in there, you were dead? Yeah. That right. kind of thing? She would vacuum a carpet in a certain pattern. If you stepped on it and tried to do it yourself, you could never manage it. <laughs> and she knew I was in there. Oh, that's funny. And, uh, but uh, anyway, she had a bunch of 45s, and I was listening. It was the Beatles and stuff yeah. like that. You know, I was young. But then she, I found this one, and it was a band called Cream. Yeah. And it was a song called White Room. Oh, wow. And I put it on, and I said, that's it right there. Life changer. That's what I want to do. How old do you think you were at that moment? I was probably 14. 14? Yes. Yeah, okay. Like that. So you're hitting your formative years, those teenage years, when you start to sort of branch out, push the envelope, figure out what you want to do, rebel yeah. against the man. That's it. Right? And for you, it was music. Yeah. You got your first guitar at what age? I, I was probably around, I don't remember the exact age, but I, it was, I was probably around that, that time, 14. Yeah. I asked for it for Christmas after listening to that white room. Yeah. And uh, I'll never forget it. I came down the stairs that morning, you know, all excited, and I didn't know I was going to get it. And up beside the tree in the corner was this pretty red guitar, silver tone. It wasn't, it wasn't wrapped or anything? No. You could see it? I could see it. Oh, man. And it had a little bow on the top of it. And did you go right for it? Oh, my God, yeah. You knew I, it was yours? Yeah. I, that's the only thing I wanted to open. It. <laughs> the rest of the presents didn't matter. <laughs> Forty years later, you know. Yeah. I so, put it down. It's been so that was when you were about 14, 15 years old. Yeah. And it's been 40 years since you started playing guitar. How uh, many guitars do you own? Actually, it's been about 50 years. It's been about 50 years. Yeah. Okay. Because I'm 65. All right. Well, how many guitars do you own? Um, I've, I've given a bunch away lately. So I'm down to like 20. 20 guitars. Yeah. <laughs> You're down to 20 guitars. Yeah. Do you have a favorite? I do. And which one uh, is it? It's the, it's the one I play all the time. It's, uh, I bought it, it was the first nice guitar I ever bought. I bought it in 1969. Wow. I worked the whole summer for, and it cost 100 bucks. I bought it from a neighbor kid. 
So there, that's proof right there. Because I hear from guitar players all the time. It does not matter how much a guitar costs. No. What matters is how it sounds, yeah. right? Yeah. So this guitar from 1969 costs you 100 bucks. What kind of guitar is it? It's a, it's a 1967 Fender Telecaster. Wow. And that's the baby you bring with you. That's the one. But, yeah. you know, it's been through a lot of different <laughs> variations. I don't leave anything alone. You know, oh. I, I, never, I never bought them as far as for monetary return on them. Sure. I bought them to use them. So I would make them the way I liked them. So you tinkered with them. Yeah. And you time. modified them. Oh, yes. Oh, yeah. Screwdrivers, hammers. <laughs> <laughs> I, I even one time stole my mom's tablecloth to try a paint job on this lace tablecloth she yeah. had. Yeah. And spray paint it with the lace tablecloth on top of it oh, so no. it would have this paisley pattern on it. <laughs> and how did that work out for you? That didn't work out good. No? Did you get grounded? Uh, <laughs> I couldn't sit down. Yeah. Let's put it that way. After <laughs> the good old fashioned kind of grounding. Yeah, yes. big time. Oh man, wow. So when did you first decide to go out and start playing in public? Like when was that decision made for you? Uh, the neighborhood I grew up in had so many musicians, and we were all friends. You know, yeah. we all went to elementary school and intermediate school together. Where'd you grow up? Uh, Alexandria, Virginia. Okay. A little area called Groveton. Okay. Um, there was some incredible musicians up there. Anybody that we would recognize the name uh, came out of that area? Well, Danny Gadden. Okay. You probably heard of him yep. or maybe Roy Buchanan was around that area mm-hmm. all the time. He, I don't think he was from that area, but he played around there all sure. the time. Sure. Uh, but there was a couple guys that were just uh, incredibly good. There was a guy named Mike Cavalier who really influenced it's me. It's a rock star name if I ever heard oh, one. Oh my gosh, he was too, <laughs> as far as I was concerned, you know. Yeah. And there was uh, another good friend of mine. He was like three years younger than us that we used to hang out with. And we would we would get in my basement, me and this guy named Glenn Rickman. He okay. was Glenn Rickman was the kind of guy that could uh, play anything. Yeah. He, he could play harmonica, still plays harmonica better than anybody you ever hear him. Wow. And he could play guitar like crazy. Yeah. But uh, so we would get in my basement and try to learn, you know. And there would be, you know, I'd look out the window at the basement window and there'd be this little kid. 14-year-old kid looking in the window. Sure. And it was a guy named Glenn Pavone. And uh, later on, as I got to know him, he he got incredible. Wow. He he had a band called Billy Price Keystone Rhythm Band. Okay. And then he had a band called The Cyclones. Okay. And, you know, he went out of Pittsburgh. He moved up to Pittsburgh. Sure. He was as good as, as, you know, he was a blues guy. Yeah. He was as good as Stevie Ray. Wow. So if uh, anybody can, you can get him on YouTube. Glenn Pavone and the Cyclones. Yeah, okay. Incredible band. So now you mentioned YouTube, and these days when kids pick up guitars, my son was this way. I got him his first guitar when he was 15, and he dialed into YouTube and started watching videos, and that's how he taught himself how to play. You didn't have that advantage. No, no. But you taught yourself how to play guitar. I did. Did you use records and other people? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Our friends in the neighborhood, you know, I'd watch what they'd do and they'd sure. watch what I'd do. And we'd all just copy each other. and Trial and error. It. Yeah. You just experimented with the sounds. <laughs> and, yeah, picking up and dropping needles. <laughs> Absolutely. And my mom yelled at me for doing it in the living room. Over yeah. and over and <laughs> over. I, I, what my, was the song you drove your mom nuts with? Do you remember? Uh it was white room, probably. Mm-hmm. My mom used to yell down in the basement when she got me an amp. She got me an amp the next Christmas. Yeah. And she would yell, yell down, and she would just be going, Wayne, Wayne, Wayne. I said, what? And she goes, sounds like cows are dying down. <laughs> <laughs> that's what she used to tell Working me. Working on my that. craft here, Mom. Yeah. <laughs> and she thought it was cows dying. Oh, though. that's funny. It was. And, and what's really funny is my mom and my dad, they uh, retired and 
moved to Culpeper, and they had that same stereo with them. Yeah. The big cabinet things they used to have. And my brother bought that house from him, and he was looking through the stereo, and he found a note in it. And this has only been like five years ago. Okay. He found a note in it from my mom, and it said, Wayne, don't touch my stereo. You've got your own. <laughs> don't touch my stereo. Don't come in my living room. Right. You better mind your P's and Q's yeah. and end those cows suffering. That's right. <laughs> so as time went on, obviously, you became the guitar player that you are today. But through those years, many, many, many miles were put, not only on your guitar, but I'm sure on any vehicle you owned, yeah. driving around doing gigs with multiple bands. Now, have you always stayed in this area or do you branch out? Are you are you someone who's played all over the country? No, I haven't. I've played in uh, New Jersey. I used to play in the late 70s yeah. or some uh, before I moved to Fredericksburg. Okay. I moved to Fredericksburg in 78 and I've kind of been here ever since. Been here ever since, <laughs> yeah. huh? Well, so uh, as you were going around and traveling and doing all these gigs, um, is there a moment in time that that sort of sparks a memory that reminds you of maybe like a couple of your brushes with fame? Have you ever chased that dream? Did you ever want to be the big rock star on stage standing next to a uh, Steven Tyler? Uh, not <laughs> you know, really. or anyone? Not really. No, you didn't. You never went for that brass ring. You not, just well, I you know I had a had a son, mm-hmm. and uh, when I got married, I kind of had to change oh, change my ways and work. sex drugs and rock and roll just wasn't going to cut no, it huh no. <laughs> and when i moved to fredericksburg you couldn't get it i was a construction guy a okay. carpenter and there weren't a lot of jobs down here at the time in 78 so i had to travel up great falls okay every day to work so um, i had no time you didn't have a whole lot of time well you've obviously made time to go out and play music over the years and you've I had have. some really great adventures so tell us about uh, one of so the, the how about this? Tell us the story that you mentioned to me that night at Park Lane Tavern that sparked the idea for the Words and Music podcast. You saw Janice Joplin. I did. I saw her, to, and of all places, a roller rink in Old Town Alexandria. <laughs> I used to see Jeff Beck with wow. Rod Stewart singing for him. That's... You know, and that was at the same place. Yeah, I saw a lot of great bands there. Yeah, sound was horrible. <laughs> It sounded like there were seven bands. Oh, man. <laughs> they were just bouncing off everywhere. <laughs> but uh didn't matter. Didn't matter. No, did didn't you matter. know, I mean, did you know who Janis Joplin was at the time? Oh, was yeah. she a, like a big popular star at the time? And she's playing at a roller rink? How, like, how does that happen? It was actually uh, a, a large venue. Okay. There, 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 a lot of, you know, Jethro Tall played there all the time. A lot of big bands played there. Oh, wow. I saw T-Rex with Elton John playing piano there. Wow. <laughs> Wow. <laughs> so, that's how long ago that was. That's amazing. So you met Janis Joplin. What'd you say to her? Nothing. I, I just shook her hand. You shook her hand. She shook my hand and I couldn't say anything. <laughs> I was like so starstruck. I didn't want to wash my hand. No. <laughs> See, and, and then, you know, we still have those experiences with stars today. But of course, now we have the addition of social media yeah. where you can connect with your favorite stars, favorite musicians, favorite artists, relatively easily. I know. I've already found that out. Isn't that amazing? Yeah. So um, you think about it now versus back then. Would you have liked to have had that addition back then? Would you have liked to have had that much access to your favorite rock stars back in the 70s? Yeah. Definitely. I I actually, um, one of my favorite guitar players was a guy named Snuffy Walden. And 72 and 73, he had a band called Stray Dog. Okay. And... uh, I actually talk to him every once in a while on social, on social media. media now. Yeah, but he's a he's a big Hollywood guy. He's okay, a, he's got a, a studio in L.A. and he uh, does 
TV shows, sure. soundtracks. He's done like 65 of them. He's got all kinds of Grammys. That's kind of amazing. And it's cool that he talks to me. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> see, now you're still you're still that humble where you say that's cool that he will talk to me. That's, he is. Yeah. He, he's a great musician, and you know he doesn't know me from Adam, but right. he'll talk to me. But thank you, social media, for yeah, that right. kind of thing. All right. So at some point, you met Big Rob. How'd that happen? Uh, I met Big Rob. I used to play in a band called Southern Rain. Yep. And uh, we actually used to do a lot of stuff with 104.5. Yeah, they're still right? around doing stuff. Yeah. Yeah, yep. yeah Dickie. Dickie mm-hmm. Durrett. And uh, anyway, uh, I was playing with them, and Rob was like 19 or 18. Just a kid. Yeah. <laughs> and Dickie brought him to practice one day, and he said, this guy can sing, man. we got to check him out. Yeah. That's how I met him. And I, him and I have kind of stayed in touch ever since. Yeah, and if you ever see Big Rob playing, you're usually going to see Wayne standing right next to him playing the guitar and fighting for his day's wages every <laughs> by singing Friends in Low Places at every gig. You got to make sure you sing along, folks. Otherwise, Wayne gets fired. That's the deal. That's right. That's, that is the deal. <laughs> yeah, and you and Wayne, I think you and uh, Rob have had some adventures over the years. Yeah. Done some traveling. Yeah, we've had some good times. Had some good times. Is there ever a time where you just thought, you know what, I don't want to do this anymore? There has been couple times yeah what happened to lead you that what what was the drama the drama for me was it was health stuff Mm -hmm. you know I had a couple bouts of uh, cancer yeah and then I had a stroke and after the stroke my hands shake so bad Uh, they still do yep but I found that uh, wine (laughs) a glass or two of wine will calm down enough that I can play well there's the trick that's the trick now you know and uh so that you know I don't Nothing like I used to be able to do, but Mm -hmm. Rob doesn't mind. He lets me do it, so I'm happy. And you're very humble because I have seen you play, and I have seen you do things that I've never seen other people do on guitars, and I think that you are one of the most brilliant guitar players that I've seen, and I've seen quite a few, Uh, but you're right up there, and I really enjoy watching you play. I enjoy watching you and Rob interact with each other. What I noticed, and in fact, my husband mentioned it too the last time we came out to see you play at Park Lane Tavern, is that you two have this sort of mental telepathy. We do. And it's almost like you know what he wants to do next. He knows what you want to do next, and you guys just do it. Is that just years of development, years of being around each other? It's like a, you're a married couple almost <laughs> where you read it each is. other's minds. It's a conversation. Mm-hmm. You know, we have a conversation. That's, that's We don't talk that much except for that. Yeah. And uh, and that's our conversations right there. And Rob, his thing is he'll learn a song. He, Rob's got a memory like yeah. nobody I've ever met. It's true. He can mm-hmm. hear a song and know the words to it after hearing it twice. Wow. And he'll learn it, you know, mm-hmm. and, and uh, he'll... Every gig we play, we probably do 15 songs I've never played with him. Yeah. And he loves doing that to me. Oh, I bet he does. <laughs> Try and keep up. Yeah. <laughs> well, you do a great job of doing that. You Thank always you. keep up really, really well with him. So uh, let's take it back again. When is your, what was your favorite uh, generation of music? So you've been through the 60s, the 70s, the 80s, the 90s, the 2000s, the 2010s. Yeah. If you could pick one era of music that you could listen to for the rest of your life, what would it be? It was the 70s. The 70s. Uh, the early 70s. Mm-hmm. Uh, just there was so much going on. So many good bands, record, you know, record labels and stuff invested in the bands. Right. And, and they, they went out looking for new talent. You know, it right. wasn't, uh, it was a lot harder to find it or easier probably actually now to think about it because everybody was doing it because of the Beatles and stuff. True. So I don't know, but it, it, was, it was a cool time. And some of the best music I've heard came out of that era. I agree. 
I agree. And I was born in 1975, so I landed smack in the middle of it. Yeah. Uh, but I didn't obviously appreciate it until much, much later. Um, so I pretty much grew up in the 80s and 90s. That was my formative years when it came to music. And I love 90s music, some of it. But even still today, like I will go back and put an old Boston record on. I will go back and put an old Eagles record on. And I love to go back and put my old Jimmy Buffett records on. Yeah. Jimmy Buffett records, there's just, there's something about them. And I always try to go on treasure hunts and find the originals. Like, I know I can buy them online now. And yeah. I've got a couple brand spanking new ones in the plastic. But I would rather go find them at the record store. Okay. There's just something about it. Because people don't get rid of their Jimmy Buffett records. No. <laughs> or, or a lot of, lot of good stuff. Oh, yeah. A lot of people into vinyl now. I'm, mm -hmm. I've always been. I've still got the first record I ever bought. What was the first record you ever bought? Well, I bought it where I lived in Alexandria. You had to get on a bus to go to a record store in Old Town. Yeah. And I was kind of south of Old Town by a couple miles. And uh, there was a giant food store that had like 10 bins in it of records. What? At the grocery store? Yeah, at the grocery <laughs> store. And, and um, so I would go through there, me and my buddy Glenn, Glenn Rickman again. Mm -hmm. We would go through there, and uh, we'd scoot through them and see. And I saw this record, and it was a band called Blue Cheer. And it was like, uh, I'd never heard of Psychedelic or anything. Sure. But the cover was like... Wow. These guys had real long hair, and yeah. I'd never seen that. <laughs> and it was three ninety nine. dollars So uh, Glenn and I decided we'll go out to the back door where the people come out, the back that don't want to give tips to the guys that bag the cars. Yeah. And we'll bag groceries and see if we can get enough <gasps> money to buy rent. And you did? And we did. You got enough money we to go back in. We worked all day on a Saturday and got enough to pay three ninety nine dollars for that album. Blue Chair? Blue Cheer. Blue Cheer. They, they, okay. They had a song that you probably even heard called Summertime Blues. Sure. And that was them. Oh, wow. Blue cheer. Okay, so you, you still have that record. I do. Do you ever put it on the record player? I do. You ever? Yeah, you just sit back and drop that I, needle and... It, oh, I love I that. listen to vinyl all the time. Yeah. I've got a lot of records. <laughs> so who would your favorite band be from that era? Stray Dog. Stray Dog? Yeah. Okay, tell me about Stray Dog, because that's a new one to me. I haven't heard of Stray Dog. They only did two albums. Okay. And uh, the first album was a three-piece and this is the guy, again, I'm talking about Snuffy Walton. Yeah. This was his band. Okay. And uh, they were just incredible. They, they wrote the best rock music. Wow. Blues-based rock. Yeah. And then their second album, they decided, and, and this is when you hear Snuffy Walton, what he does now and all the stuff he's done during his career, you can see where he was going. Sure. But the second album, he added another guitar player, a keyboard player, and they had more like a, a fusion kind of rock. Yeah. So he was he was progressing the whole time, and then I don't know what happened to the band after that. That's why I didn't ask him. But uh, <laughs> those two albums are my favorite albums. That I've, is, I've wild. got three copies of each, and I've worn them both out. Wow, <laughs> we got to get you a new copy. <laughs> it's not easy to find that one. It's it, that's so interesting to me. So you are you you your favorite band is an obscure band from the '70s that maybe not many people have heard of. You're not you're not on the Led Zeppelin bandwagon, the Aerosmith bandwagon, the Eric Clapton bandwagon. And although I'm sure you appreciate their music, oh, heck yeah. the Doors and all those great um, bands, but you pick someone as your favorite that is kind of just you and them. Yeah, they they are so good. Yeah. So I mean. They, they might have picked me. Oh, <laughs> yeah. They were that good. Stray dogs do that sometimes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I guess you're right. Oh, man. So sitting in a room with 20 guitars and you're just hanging out one night and you feel like doing some picking, what's the guitar you pick up and what's the first song you play? 
is the one that I play all the time with Rob. Mm-hmm. It's usually the one I play. I, I, I'd love to leave it sitting on my couch at home, and it drives my wife crazy. <laughs> you know, I don't plug it in. Right. I always play it without it plugged in because I, I just feel like that's the way you can feel your guitar a lot. Sure. You kind of feel it going through you know, yeah. the vibrations. And, uh, but it drives her crazy. We'll be, we'll be watching TV show or something, and if a song comes on on TV show, I'll play it. <laughs> And it drives her crazy. She starts laughing. She goes, I can't believe you're playing that song. And she goes, what is that song? I said, I don't know. I'm just playing along. Yeah. <laughs> That's how it teaches me to play with Rob. I, I like it. I like it. That's the guitar. What's your favorite song to play on guitar? Uh, I've always liked a song by Jimi Hendrix called Little Wing. Little Wing by uh, Jimi Hendrix. Uh-huh. I've always liked that song. Wow. Now, see, that's a lofty goal for any guitar player, playing a Jimi Hendrix song. (laughs) See? And that's why I'm saying you're right up there with all the greats because not a whole lot of people can pick up a guitar and start emulating Jimi Hendrix. I don't don't do it that well. (laughs) I just like playing the song. I didn't didn't say how good it was. (laughs) I bet it's a lot better than you think it is. I bet it is. So have um, have you ever been to any of the musical cities? You know, Bristol, Virginia, or down to Nashville. Done. Never been to Nashville. Never been to Nashville. Josh keeps telling me to come to Nashville. Mm-hmm. Sam tells me to come to Nashville. Talking about Josh Grambling and Sam Hayes from yeah. Radio Romance. Yeah, a couple of Virginia boys who come and play all the time around here and have a great relationship with everybody, and they're so amazing. They are. Yeah. yeah. So when you look at somebody like Josh playing guitar, what do you think? I think he's talented, super talented. And, yeah. And I think he's not – It's. it's it never went to his head. Yeah. He just uh, loves playing. Mm-hmm. And he knows a lot about music. He was a teacher. Yeah. So he's, uh, I actually gave him a guitar. Did you really? Mm-hmm. Do you see some of yourself in him? Uh, I wish. <laughs> 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 but uh, no, I do. I do. I see how much he loves music. Yeah. And that's yeah. what it's about. If you could give Josh any advice, what would it be? As far as the music industry is concerned, as far as playing guitar is concerned, as far as being in a band because I know that can be a tough dynamic I, to master. I think Josh could give me more advice than I could. Yeah, he, he's um, they, they're they're hanging together, mm-hmm. and I think any if a band can stay together, they can get good. The first opinion. time that I saw Radio Romance, I remember thinking to myself, I've never seen a band this tight. Yeah, they're great. They it, like you and Rob read each other's minds. They are all on the same wavelength. Yeah. And it's like the music flows through them from one to the other, and they're all just meshed together perfectly. Yeah, absolutely. And that's the coolest thing about them as a band. And I'm sure there are other bands out there like that, but that's the first time I've seen one up close. Yeah. <laughs> and it's cool. Yeah. It's very, very cool to see. Oh, yeah. So yeah. as the music industry and has, or as the music, I shouldn't say the industry, because you've never really done the whole industry thing, chasing a record contract and all that stuff. It was never an interest to you. No. You were all about the music. And as you've gone through your musical journey, what have you noticed the most about the way things have changed? At the core, is music still just good music? Yeah, yeah. it is. Music's a feeling, you mm-hmm. know. It's it's an emotion, and a uh, lot of lot of new guys are great. Yeah, and a lot of old guys are great. And 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 there's a guy once told me it's music's a train. It's always moving, and everywhere you get on, that's where you are on that train, and you stay there. Yeah. Sometimes you can go back a car or up a car, but when you, everywhere you get on that train, that's where you're at. And but it keeps going in circles, so you keep seeing people. Yeah, <laughs> you keep seeing the same people over yeah. and over again. And but uh, but I don't think any time was any better as far as musicianship. Mm-hmm. But it's just you know, I don't know. <laughs> Every generation has great. something great. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Do you remember? Um, so were you around when the Beatles hit? 
I was young. Yeah, but, I was just, uh, yeah, I was only I, well, I was born in '53. The Beatles okay. were like '64, so I was like okay. 11. But do you remember the moment? Because everybody has their where my mother was born the same year you were, and she remembers where she was when the Beatles came on TV. I, you know, I, I didn't really get into them. You're probably too interested in something else. You, <laughs> yeah. At the time, I don't know what I was listening to, but yeah. when I heard Blue Cheer, you know, I never listened to the Beatles much until I was in my 20s or 30s. All right, so that's a good question. Now, when you were in your 20s or 30s, what Beatles did you listen to? Did you listen to the 60s Beatles? You listen to the 70s Beatles. 70s. 70s Beatles. Yeah. So you were listening were to the more, more psychedelic Beatles. More the aggressive. Uh, we were doing a lot of drugs, Beatles. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we were hanging out with Brian Wilson, Beatles, yeah. Charlie Manson, Beatles. Yeah, yeah like. that's right. I wasn't quite a, a, that far, the Charlie Manson guy. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, so you were born in 1953, like I said, same year as my mom was born. So she lived in the Midwest, Minnesota. You've grown up on the East Coast, pretty much stayed over here the whole time. Yeah, I maintain that. Music in the Midwest growing up was different than music in the on the East Coast oh, growing absolutely. up. Because I was a Navy brat and I did kind of both. I was in Minnesota for a long time with my mother. Then I moved to Portland, Maine with my dad. And the music scene was completely different. Yeah. When I was in Minnesota, I was into Prince, Janet Jackson, Michael Jackson. That Minneapolis sound was very big. Yeah. I moved out. So we're talking about 1988, 89. Moved out to Portland, Maine. And suddenly I'm listening to, wait for it, Bad Company, The Scorpions. You know, I started finding all of this rock music yeah. out here that I'm talking late 80s. And then I was into the the hair bands and all the great rock and roll. And I never let go of the pop music because I was also a big New Kids on the Block fan. I mean, that's I guess that's what makes me love radio is that I love music yeah. in general. You know, I have the 40th anniversary um, of uh, physical graffiti from Led Zeppelin on vinyl. Cool. I got it on my 40th birthday. It was 40 <laughs> years old that year, and I had to have it, had to have it. So, But I also have, um, you know, the Michael Jackson Off the Wall album. I have, it's sort of this weird, eclectic collection, and uh, I'm huge New Kids on the Block fan. So I was very into boy bands. In fact, I keep trying to talk my uh, co-ho- or my coworker into letting me do a hair bands and boy bands show, specialty show on the radio. <laughs> He's not down with it That'll yet. I'm going to keep chipping away. So did you ever get into the hair band era? Um, did, you, did you grow your hair out? Did you tease it up? Did you wear uh, some guy liner? Oh, I had long hair. Yeah. But that was that was way back. And uh, But uh, I kind of, once I got into Danny Gatton and Roy Buchanan, mm-hmm. I kind of stuck on that yeah. hair era. They were Telecaster guys. Okay. Them. And I've always loved Telecaster. Yeah. And uh, so I kind of I kind of leveled out there watching these guys and guys that played like them. Yeah. And uh, the guys like... Uh, uh, Brad Paisley's mm-hmm. and those guys, those are kind of guys that are spun off Danny Gatton. Danny Gatton okay. and Roy Buchanan were those kind of pickers. And before it was, you know, widely done. Yeah. And they were, actually, Roy Buchanan, I heard a story about Roy Buchanan. He loved bending strings on guitar so much, but back in the day when he started, they didn't have electric guitar strings. Okay. So he would he would take piano wire <laughs> and get the finest ones he could and put on his guitar so he could bend them. Because you couldn't bend the normal guitar strings. No, they were flat wound. Okay. They were, they were like really heavy, like railroad wow. ties. <laughs> That's wild. So he just discovered one day that you could bend a guitar string and make a whole different sound. Uh, yeah, yeah. He and he to, had to do it. Yeah, I mean, he, was, yeah. He's, he was amazing. He, he actually killed himself. Mm. And so did Danny Gatton, for that matter. Really? Both my two tele guys, they killed themselves. Yeah. But, um, but he, he, 
they, Roy Buchanan developed a style where he would, with a Telecaster, we would put his little finger on the volume knob as he was playing. Mm-hmm. And so it, it sounded like a pedal steel. Okay. Because he could work the volume up and down like a steel with a foot pedal. Yeah. And he was just amazing. All right, well, you bring up a good point because we've been talking about rock music of the 70s this whole time, but now you bring up a good point about some country music guitar yeah, players yeah. who are incredibly talented, oh like God. Brad Paisley, like Keith Urban, like and some of the steel guitar players. Oh, yeah. You ever want to pick up a steel guitar? You ever want to try that? I have had you? one. You have one? No, I had one. You had one. Yeah, it was okay. too complicated for me. <laughs> it's it's a whole different book, isn't it? It's a whole different ballgame. Oh, yeah. Well, the one I had, I bought a, uh, it was called a Fender... Showman, I think, okay. was, or Showmaster. Okay. It was two necks. One wow. was tuned to a, a C6 and one was tuned to an E9. Wow. Different necks. And it had 10 floor pedals, I think. And it had and how many four strings on a, on a pedal or on a flat, you know, one ten. of those 10 strings? On each. Wow. On and, each? Yeah, on each neck. Oh my gosh. And uh, and then you had the pedals. Yeah. You could just hold in one. That's okay. <laughs> you could hold in one spot yeah. and play a whole progression. Wow. Without moving your hand because of the pedals and the levers and stuff. Yeah. It was a cool instrument, but it was complicated. That sounds heck. complicated, so, uh, which is probably why there are only a few really good steel guitar players absolutely, left. Absolutely, absolutely. Rob and I played dark. with one of those guys yeah? for a while. Yeah, a guy named Buddy Charlton. Okay. He, Buddy Charlton used to play with Ernest Tubb. Oh, wow. And it, and uh, But he was an amazing pedal steel player, and he, he lived in town outside of Orange in a little okay. trailer. I was going to say, isn't there, there's somebody in Culpeper, Virginia, that's selling and, and repairing and maintaining the steel guitars, right? The pedal steels? Uh, probably. I think yeah. I've heard about one, oh, oh, one person. Billy Cooper. Okay. That's an orange. I think okay. it's an orange. Yeah. Orange, Virginia. Yeah. But uh, the guy that had the music store in Culpeper was my cousin. That was guy named Tommy Rhodes. Okay. Uh, but uh, this guy, Buddy Charlton. We would play. He would, you know, you just pay him a little bit, and he'd play with Southern Rain with us. Sure. And, and I would just, I would just back up and watch this guy. He was so good. He could play jazz on a pedal steel. Wait, what? He could. <laughs> it was the most amazing. He could play Leonard Skinner jazz. Wow. It didn't matter. The guy was so good. That's that's amazing. And and what's really cool is when you listen to some of those old Ernie Tubb records or mm-hmm. recordings, you hear him say, "Take it, buddy." <laughs> <laughs> that's <laughs> him. That huh? yeah. All right. Next time you're listening to an Ernest Tubbs that record, you got to check that out. So if you were not a guitar player, there were if there were no guitars, what instrument would you play? Probably harmonica. A harmonica. Or drums. Okay. Yeah. Or drums. You like the rhythm? You like the... Yeah. So, and I've always um, been fascinated by harmonica players because it is, it's all about your breath and where you put it. And it yeah. just seems... That seems complicated to me. But guitar seems complicated to me too. That's why I do what I do and you guys do what you do. Yeah. <laughs> it, I don't know. It's just, you know... It, you're very good at what you do. Thank you. And, and you're very you good at what you do. Yeah. I don't know about that. But, uh, I only have a couple of buttons to push <laughs> and a couple of faders to slide up and down. You guys. So the, my, uh, I'm trying to remember who said this quote. I want to say maybe Keith Richards said, if you want to be a good guitar player, all you need is five fingers and one asshole. I've been heard that. Right. <laughs> but, you know, because he was the asshole, obviously he had the five fingers. <laughs> so you played the guitar. And... Um, and and what do they say in country music? They three chords in the truth. Yeah, what are those? That is, that is true. Okay, what are those three chords for those who don't know? G, C, and D. G, C, and D, and that's, that's all it. you need to know. If you can learn those and master those, yep, you can play with me and Rob. Right on, <laughs> right on. That's very cool. So I think I think I heard uh, Jimmy Buffett tell a story one time about how we, he was in college and he learned one chord, and that got him through. 
his entire college years because he would play in bars and things. He'd do one chord and he'd play whatever songs had that one chord in it and just sort of muddle through. <laughs> and now he's Jimmy freaking Buffett. I know. I you know? know? So, <laughs> so he obviously did pretty well for himself yeah. and probably learned a couple more chords. Yeah. Maybe the other three. Yeah. The other two. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Or well, variations. Yeah. So what's the last uh, live concert you saw? Uh, the last last live concert was uh, you guys. We opened up with you for on the side stage for. Uh, oh, who was it? Oh man, I'm trying to think of his name. This is an old moment, a senior moment. Because <laughs> <laughs> you guys have done several of our of our B stage. You've have, done Hank Jr., um, Montgomery Gentry. Yeah, uh, Marty Stewart. No, we didn't do Skinner. Uh, Dwight Yoakam? Jamie Johnson. That's Jamie Johnson. And I love Jamie Johnson. He's coming back. He'll be he'll be back at After Hours on the 30th of June. Oh, I know. Yeah. Cool. It's going to be a great show. Well, now, are you coming with Rob when you when uh, Kip Moore shows up? Oh, yeah. And you're playing out there. All right, cool. So how, how do you and Rob come up with your playlist or your set list? Because uh, one thing that I have noticed about Rob is you guys will play like maybe one or two songs, and then he'll say, anybody got any requests? Yeah, that's how we do it. That's kind of how he rolls, huh? Yeah, yeah, we've never had a set list. <laughs> never had a set list. Never. Never. Wow. Well. <laughs> we just go. They just fly by the seat of your pants kind of guys. Yeah. I like and, it. And that's what makes it the most fun, actually. Mm-hmm. What's the most terrifying moment in your musical career? Oh, I don't know. I've had plenty. Every time. What's hardest to, to get over is when you hit a bad note or something, mm-hmm. you just got to, I just have to try to keep reminding myself, well, you know. It was there, now it's gone. Nobody ever remembers. You beat yourself up over those things? Oh, yeah, big time. Sure. So, I know a lot of musicians who do that, who beat yeah. themselves up over a flat note or, yeah. you know, a broken guitar string in the middle of a song, and you're embarrassed, and you're like, yeah. dang, you got to just shake it off and get back at it, back at it right? You do, you do. Yeah. Yeah, and we, we talked a little bit about uh, moments that make you want to quit the business, but there's just, it's kind of like radio. Once you're in it, you're in it forever. Yeah, it's not something you can turn on and off. Right. It's something that's in you. Once it gets in you, yeah. it's in you. <laughs> Do you think you'll ever find that there'll be a time where you just don't want to go out and play in the bars anymore? Uh, probably, uh, but it isn't any time I can it is see that. Good. No time soon. No. That's what I want to hear. Until I can't, yeah. I'm going to do it. So aside from the Janis Joplin brush with fame, have you ever had any others where you can remember coming close to or meeting someone that you were just in awe of? Um, Marty Stewart. I, yeah. I liked him a lot. And... Uh, Johnny Winter, I liked him a lot. Pat Travers, yeah. I used to like him. These are '80s, and, sure, and and those guys. Uh, but no, I think uh, not not really too much. I was always so shy. You were shy, huh? Actually, I, I went to a, a concert. Uh, I had a buddy that I went to high school with, and he was a stage manager for the Capitol Center. Okay. And so he would always take us to shows, me and another guy, and uh, and we'd always get backstage. <laughs> you know? Nice. And and what was cool about it is. Uh, they would confiscate people's liquor. Sure. When they walked in, you know, if they caught them, mm-hmm. and they would put them in trash barrels in the back, and the bands and roadies would drink. <laughs> <laughs> if you ever wanted to know what happened to that bottle you tried to sneak in in your boot. <laughs> That's exactly what happened. And I, I'll never forget, I was back there one time, and we, me and my buddy had found this bottle of Jack and this mm-hmm. thing, and we were drinking it, and this guy came out, and he, he had a few sips with real long hair. I didn't I didn't know who he was, you know, and uh, we, we sat there and drank for, Probably 25, 30 minutes, you know, while the opening act it was it was actually Mountain was playing. Oh wow, okay. And uh, and Stray Dog was on the bill. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was Mountain, Stray Dog, and Jay Giles. Oh wow. And so Mountain opened, and while they were doing, we were drinking that. And the, and the guy says, "I got to go. I'll, I'll see you in a little bit." And he 
walked off. You know, I wasn't thinking anything. And he came back in on this white leather suit. <laughs> all these little th- tassels Fringe hanging off, hanging off the red. Yep. And it was Snuffy Walden, and I didn't know it, and I was there with him all that time. So you've met him. Yeah. And hung out with him. And didn't know it. Drank some Jack Daniels, and, and you had no idea. Had no idea. And, and now, and have you ever told him that story? Uh, yeah. Actually, I met him again. Yeah. And uh, jamming job up in Vienna. Oh, yeah. He he comes there about once a year with this girl named Sarah Nimitz. Okay. She's incredible. Wow. Uh, and uh, it's Sarah and, and just two of them, duo, mm-hmm. Sarah Nimitz and Snuffy Walden. And of all places, <laughs> I was in the bathroom. <laughs> and he came and stood beside me. And, and I, you know, I thought, I can't talk to this guy. He's going to the bathroom. Right. I'm going to the bathroom. There's like a man rule about I, that, right? I, <laughs> Don't interrupt but, a man. Yeah, but I couldn't help it. Yeah. You know, I said, aren't you Snuffy Walton? And he goes, yeah. And we talked for a long time. I love it. And then we went out in the hall and we talked for a long time. And Jeez. that's how I got to know him. And he gave me his number and everything. Yeah. So I got to talk to him. That's so cool. Off social media. <laughs> Meeting up in strange. the bathroom. That is strange. Uh, but kind of embarrassing. But kind of great. Yeah. You know, so um, going back to your Janice Joplin story, of course, she's one of the members of the 27 Club. Yeah. Janice and Jimmy. And, you know, several others. If there were an artist that left us too soon that you could bring back, who would it be? There's so many of them. Uh, I think I would like to see where Jimi Hendrix would have went. Yeah. I think, and uh, that would have been cool. I feel like he was just getting started. Yeah, well, he was so, um, he was so, his mind wasn't in the same mindset of people at that time. Right. He was innovating. Yeah. He was yeah. just incredible. I mean, he was so far advanced. I mean, you listen to it now and it's still great music. Mm-hmm. It's as good as anything you hear now. Absolutely. So uh, I'd like to see where he went. So Jimmy, Jimi Hendrix, come on back. Yeah. Let's see what you got. Yeah. All right. And here's another weird question for you. If you could sit down, have dinner with anybody, living or dead, that is a musician, who would it be? Just kick back over a meal. Uh, I, I think uh, I would like to sit down and have a meal with Danny Gatt. Danny Gatt. Mm-hmm. Yep. That's the guy, huh? Yeah. I used, to, I used to see him a lot, you know, growing up in the area. Yeah. And he was just always an amazing player. You know, he, very humble. Yeah. But he was just the most mind-boggling guy you've ever seen. They even gave him a nickname, the Humbler. The Humbler. Yeah. Yeah, it, because anybody that would come and watch him, they were completely humbled. Yeah. And the reason he never made it is the only people that saw him were guitar players. Oh, and they never wanted to advance somebody that no. was better than them. <laughs> Girls wouldn't come out to the shows, just guitar players. Wow. And and all the guitar players would be sitting there watching with the jaws hanging on the floor. <laughs> it was the craziest thing you've ever seen. He was so good. Oh, man, that's cool. Dang it, I just had a question for you, and I completely spaced it now. I have lost it. I have lost it. You, can you think of any other stories you want to tell while I try and remember what question I was going to ask you? Uh, I don't oh, know. Oh, man. My, I think we're both having, you're yeah. having one of my senior moments. I think I am. I think I am. I, I gave How, it to you. I know what it was. I remember it now. Um, have you ever written any songs? Many. Many. Do you ever play them out in public? No. They're just yours and yours alone? Yeah. Has anybody else ever played them? No. No. So you, you, you just write the melodies, you write the music, you write, write words. mostly words. You write lyrics. And then, you know, it's just some licks here and mm-hmm. there that I could put to them, but I never really did much with them. Why? Do you know? No. I, I, I just, it was something that would just come out. Yeah. And I would write. I'd wake up middle of the night and just write something down. And it wasn't necessarily a, you know, 
cohesive. Right. And and uh, I would just write it, and I would never look at it again. Never look at it again. Never. So you still have them, though. Actually, I gave them to somebody. Who would you give them to? You want to tell us? Stephen Bruce. Really? You know, another talented musician right here yeah. in town. So you gave everything to Stephen Bruce. I did. He inherited all your originals. Yeah. That's a pretty cool gift. Yeah, yeah. That's an incredible gift to give. I, I never I never did anything with him. Yeah. He's, he's young and up and coming, and uh, I told him if he can get a few ideas, go with it. That's really cool. Yeah. That's really, it's all about sharing that it creativity. Is. It is. And here's the one thing that I know about Fredericksburg and this whole area is just a massively deep talent pool. Yeah. There's so many talented artists around this area. Oh, yeah. So when you, do you go out and see the live bands every once in a while? I do when I can. I know you guys are uh, gigging a lot. We so, yeah. play so much. Mm-hmm. And uh, when I'm not playing, you know, my wife and I need to do something. Every Absolutely. Once <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. So if you had to, um, so so take Big Rob and ETC out of the equation, looking around at all the other bands that you know in the area, who do you enjoy listening to? Uh, I love Josh and them. Mm-hmm. Radio Romance. Radio Romance, yeah. Uh, and... Uh, the, the, you know, most of the bands around here, I like Whiskey Revival. I do, too. Yeah. And I like uh, Cactus Jack. Yeah. And I like all of them, actually. Yeah. You know, J.D. I, yeah. All the guys are pretty decent around here. They know? really are. They're just good people. Yeah, so. that's true, too. The music community around here, the mu- the community of musicians, I should say, the community of musicians around here seems to be relatively tight-knit. Every yeah. once in a while, there's a little bit of drama between some people. You know, it can happen. But I think that's true in any group. It is. Um, but when you come with creative people, you find a little bit more insanity. You do. <laughs> right? There's a fine line. There's there. a fine line. I always say that. There's a fine line between madness and genius. There is. Right? I and agree. people walk it <laughs> sometimes. I agree completely. Yeah. And I kind of look at it from the outside looking in because I don't have musical talent like you guys do, but I have this appreciation for everything that that you guys do from the local level right on up to the biggest. I'm a huge Taylor Swift fan, believe it or not. I absolutely love her. I think she's a brilliant songwriter. I think she's incredible. And I think she's uh, one of the best at what she does just in the industry. Uh, But when I look at the local level and I just look around and I'm sort of eye to eye with all of you and I am in awe of just everybody's talent and how many talented people there are. Yeah, big time. (sighs) Yeah, it was the first thing I noticed 10 years ago when I moved to Fredericksburg. I, I was walking down Caroline Street. I think I was just sort of exploring the downtown area. And somebody was playing guitar on the side of the, you know, just sitting on the um, sidewalk playing guitar. And it was, you know, I, know, I know exactly where it was, right outside the tobacco shop. It was this older gentleman, and he was just sitting on a, on a chair playing guitar. That's cool. And I stopped, and I listened, and I watched him, and I was just like, wow. And then a couple of blocks later, there was a young kid sitting next to an open guitar case just kind of playing on a street corner. And he was playing something completely different. And I just remember thinking, wow, where have I moved to? Where, what have I just discovered? Coming from Grand Forks, North Dakota, where there's you know, nothing going on, <laughs> not a whole lot of anything, to come out here and find just this massive amount of music. Yeah, there's a, there's a lot of musicians around here, a mm-hmm. whole lot. Yeah. And no matter what kind of music it is, I'm like you. If it if it sounds good, it sounds good. Yeah. It doesn't matter what style. Absolutely. Who's doing it? If it sounds good, it sounds good. Mm-hmm. There's talent in all that stuff. Absolutely. Know? I would I would compare it almost to I've been down to the Atlanta area, and I remember being I spent a week in Atlanta in 2008, and uh, just going to different restaurants and everything. And everywhere we went, there was music. There was always live music. Yeah. 
And now, you know, 20 years later, whatever, I have now been to Nashville for the first time this year. And again, music everywhere, just live music. There's something about the live music experience that just, it turns you on. It turns on every sense that you have. It It turns on every, you know, everything you, you all of the the sparks start flying. And you get lost in it. You yeah. get lost in it. it, and it's no more, no more problems, no more, you know, no more pains, no more nothing. You're just lost in the moment. Yeah, and that's the best thing about it to me. Agreed. Yeah. Music speaks when you can't find the words. Uh, absolutely. Right. I love it. Well, Wayne, we've been talking for about 45 minutes now, and um, I really, really, really want to thank you for for being a part of our inaugural episode of Words and Music, the podcast. Thank you for having <laughs> me. I, I'm honored. Uh, this is something fun that I've been wanting to do for a while, just haven't been able to find the time. And it's one of those things where it's like, if you're going to do it, you just got to make the time to do yeah, it. You yeah. just got to do it. That's true. Yeah. So any suggestions for my next guest? Uh, no, you're, you're no. great at this. You don't uh, want to throw anybody's name out there to somebody I should get on the show? <laughs> oh. Yeah. yeah well, I might do, do that. Yeah. Uh, I think Jerry Wade would be a good guy. Jerry Wade would be a good guy. Yeah. yeah. I think he would be a great guy to talk to. I know he's got some wild stories, doesn't yeah. he? Do you think uh, yeah. he can remember them all, though? <laughs> I think a lot of us had those problems. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> I even have those problems. Ask my husband. Randy will tell you. Yeah, she doesn't the, remember what she was doing five minutes ago. <laughs> the, the era I grew up in, it's a wonder I remember anything. <laughs> all right. So as we, as we uh, wrap this up, tell me what you would say to somebody who just got their first guitar. Enjoy. Enjoy. That's it. One word. Enjoy. Because yeah, yeah. it give you a lot of joy. Oh, yeah. And a lot of heartache. <laughs> but mostly joy. And I think it's a relationship that you have with that instrument. It is. It is. It can become your best friend. I know my son's guitar was his best friend all through high school. It, it is. Yeah. It listens to you, and it uh, doesn't ever give you any grief. Yeah. It's a, it, you get exactly out of it what you put into it. I like that. It's, yeah. a, it's a wonderful thing. So there you go, folks. If you're just picking up the guitar and you're thinking you want to learn how to play, Wayne Berry says... Enjoy. That's right. Enjoy. Words and music.